This is Sarah with an exciting announcement. We have just launched the SideWoo Collective, a new inclusive community of artists, metaphysical practitioners, and the Woo Curious. The SideWoo Collective is, for now, an online community focused on art, the metaphysical, and general wellness. Essentially all the things you love about the podcast, but in real life. Our first offering is a three-week online course with classes every Sunday at 6 p.m. between February 12th and the 26th. Classes include sigil making with artist and educator Rachel Dawson, Intuition 101 with tarot reader and Scottish witch Amelia Whitehouse of the Carnelian Keep, and Drawing Your Shadow with Yours Truly. You can go to our new website, thesidewoo.com, to sign up, get on our mailing list, or reach out with any questions. This will be a great way to engage with one another and get a better understanding of who this community is. I'm really excited to share it with you and hope to see you there. Hi, this is Sarah Tebow. And this is Liz Bernstein, and we are the hosts of the Side Woo Podcast. This is a space to investigate what makes a creative life possible, from the mundane to the sublime, the physical to the metaphysical. Welcome to the Side Woo. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Side Woo. This is Sarah, and I'm excited to introduce our guest this week. It is one half of the Bay Area's number one arts and culture podcast, Congratulations Pine Tree, Kate Rhodes. Kate is an artist, writer, comedian, podcast host and creator, and friend of the SideWoo for quite some time. Maybe because of the intense astrology happening right now, or because as we find out, Kate has a Scorpio South node, we go into some pretty heavy topics, including obsession, revenge pee, past life murder, and unearthing family secrets, just to name a few. We will post links to all of Kate's background, social media, etc., so you can enjoy that. And I will leave you to the show. Keep it short and sweet. Did you get highlights in your hair? Me? Yeah. No, it's just sun. Um, oh, it's just but Los I, Angeles? You know, but and then I've cut it. And actually, I went a little too crazy on my right side. Like, I was done, and then I'm like, oh, I need to fix it. And then this side is now a good inch higher than the left side. Well, <laughs> I think it looks avant-garde. Thank you. It it reminds me of in Fleabag, the haircut that the sister gets where it's perfectly asymmetrical. Liz, you're frozen right now. Oh, no. Do you do therapy on Zoom? I used to, yeah. Having your therapist glitch out is pretty rough. Oh, yeah, because you you say something and then appear and you're like... Yeah, you're like in the middle of crying and screaming. And, and then you say something <laughs> and you're like, hopefully this person won't judge me and then they're silent and you're like... Yeah, and then they're just like... Stone face. Um, can we just press record so that oh, it's recording. Oh, it's recording. Good. Yeah. Should I um? Not gonna miss out on these gems. I can't hide. My, can I hide myself from myself? Do you mean existentially? I'm just gonna move the window over. There you go. Yeah, that's what I do sometimes. It's just like move it sideways. There. Yeah. Now I can really focus on YouTube. That's good because I got a bit of face work done this week. So I'm feeling to the dentist. refreshed. Oh, perfect. I'm really going to take it in. Really take it in. There's a couple 
less line. Anyway, I did I did a couple of invasive things. You're looking just vibrant. Dewy. Good. Dewy fresh. Slightly dead on the inside. So I have to compensate somehow. Yeah. Don't we all life to the outside? Yeah. Project light. (laughs) Inhale darkness. Also press record. No, you're good. Oh well, this is the premiere remote podcasting system so you've always done in person yeah we use pretty much in person you've had some major luminaries on your show congratulations pine tree for the listeners who may not be familiar it's the bay area's number one arts and culture podcast (laughs) Uh uh-huh wait are we going now oh we're going yeah we're going it's happening this is for real okay yeah I co-host a podcast called Congratulations Pine Tree with my podcast partner, Maysoon Wazwaz, who sadly yeah. couldn't be with us today because she is recovering from just a myriad of physical and mental oddities. <laughs> Sending love to Maysoon. Yes, shout she out. Here. Actually, I have a whole Maybe. lot of shout outs. Can I just rattle off? To us? Yeah, yeah, go for, go it. for it. Academy Award us. Okay, I want to shout out Conrad. Oh, Conrad Guevara. Uh-huh. And Eli Thorne and Dana Hemingway and Zoe Teleforos. Oh, yay. Supporting all those what? people. Yeah, because I know all of them listen to the oh. show. I love it. Yay. Hi, friends. Yay. Hello. I've been trying to meet up with Conrad because my studio is right by where he works. Yes. And now that I'm in LA, but I think... We've been like ships in the night, in the afternoon light. (laughs) Ships in the afternoon light. Yeah. I love that. Just waving at each other on Instagram. Hello. Bye. (laughs) But on just in terms of congratulations, Pine Tree, we did have Julia Brian Wilson on. That was a high point for me. My favorite art. I know. I feel like I hear her name out of your mouth. Like when, every 30 seconds. Yes. More, more than once a season. Uh-huh, for sure. <laughs> Maybe tell the listeners who aren't familiar, what is her deal and why is she your favorite? Why so much love in Kate's heart? Oh, yeah. This could be kind of a woo-woo or yeah. maybe like a mental health issue. Let's go. We're here for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. But anyhow, I first came across her in 2013. I was doing... Uh, project in grad school called required skimming where I was reading art historical and art theoretical texts and then making these little sketch comedy videos about each one and I talked to Stephanie Hayner who is the director of the Mills College Art Museum just asking like who are the contemporary art historians in the Bay Area that I should look into and she said Julia Bryan Wilson and so I went Uh and saw her give a, a lecture and she was so rad she is she's queer she does a lot of work about queer artists and queer craft and gender Mm -hmm. stuff and all this cool stuff and she's just like a rad high fashion lesbian awesome (laughs) and yeah and she wrote a book called art workers radical practice in the vietnam war era that is such a readable like most contemporary art history is really dense and hard to get through yeah, But this was very narrative and very, you know, even the dense parts are fun and freaky. Does she, is she aware of your deep and abiding admiration? I mean, yeah, in, I in don't like, know. 
yeah, in, a, I, in a culturally appropriate way. Yeah, right. Exactly. I try to really keep it cool. I did have a really intense fixation on Andrea Frazier before that, where I did take it too far. Oh, in person, you <laughs> took it too far? I was oh, like no. emailing, I was emailing back and forth with her. As long as it's back and forth, I think that's okay. That doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, we were having some emails back and forth and then I ended up and I was like, hey, you know, I'm in grad school here. We are in charge of our lecture series. Yeah. Like, would you ever want to come lecture at Mills College? And uh, she was like, oh, that'd be super easy because my family is in the Bay Area. She grew up in the Bay Area. Oh, nice. And, uh, and I was like, oh, cool, cool. Then I emailed her a little while later and I was like, hey, I made this sculpture of you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fan art. Is that where is that where the silence started? Yes, exactly. And so that okay. was the lesson learned. Oh, that's too bad. I think it was absolutely appropriate for okay. her to do that. Okay. You know, I still have deep humiliation and this will be the first time I will have said this. The only person who knows about this is my friend who I was with when it actually happens. And so when... When I was 21. This is, hold on. This is a side woo exclusive. Yeah, this, <laughs> this, is, is, this is fresh from the side woo. So I was obsessed growing up with Paul Auster. And I feel oh. like um, the author, Paul Auster. Yeah, that's a very intellectual his, crush. His, <laughs> I just, I could not believe how much I loved his books. And I think about the Red Notebook a fair amount. His integration of very performance arty stuff going on in his books and people being obsessed with other people and Sophie Cal kind of nods. And I didn't even really know any of that stuff. I just, there was something about his books that I was like, you're fucking amazing and weird. Anyway, so he lived in Brooklyn Heights, which is where I went to high school. Uh, and so I, and he had two kids or has two kids and I, I'm so embarrassing this, but like, I was so sure that his kids went to the same high school that I went to and I was young. Maybe I wasn't 21. Maybe I was like 20. Like I just graduated from high school two years and I saw him read outside at a park in New York. And when I was getting my book signed, I was basically like, where'd your kids go to school? I know where they go to school. Do they go to school there? I know they go to school there. Oh, and God. like, he was like, get away from me, you oh, weirdo stock. I mean, he didn't say it in full language, sure. but he, I mean, I, I was expecting him to give me all these full reveals about like where his children were and what they were doing. And I am to this day, I am embarrassed by that story. But you didn't say it like that. You were probably like, oh, I went to this high school. No, you- it was too intense. It oh, was okay. definitely too intense because I, because afterwards my, I mean, it was the culmination of many things of like, I actually really loved my high school and felt very excited about when other people might've gone there. And I was back in New York and that was exciting. And I was seeing Paul Oster who was like inches from my face. Yeah, I just, my, everything was wrong. And I mean that sincerely, not like cute, ironic wrong, but like, yeah. like I scare the dogs away wrong. I so. love it. I mean, I love that you're sharing this and I relate to this very much. Although I feel he should have been reassured that you didn't already know where his kids went to school. You know know. what I mean? Totally, (laughs) right? Like, yeah, you're just an innocent fangirl and not so much a crazy stalker. That's very reassuring. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on. 
Well, back to Julia Bryan Wilson. Have you oh, listened sure. to Death of an Artist, Kate? No, I haven't listened to it yet, but people keep telling me to check it out. So I, I, I yeah, because she's in there. Yeah, she makes a really yeah. good cameo. Like her, her bit is very powerful. Yeah, it's um, wild. When we had her on Congratulations Pine Tree, she talked about Carl Andre and and feeling this righteous indignation as an undergrad that his name should never mm-hmm. be uttered, and that she kind of came around right. later in her career to be able to speak about his work again. It's a whole thing. Right. Yeah. She talks about bringing it up in her grad seminar or something and saying like, well, wait, why are we talking about him? And then I don't have any reference for what you guys are talking about. Oh, who's him? Carl Andre. Carl Andre murdered Anna Mendieta. (laughs) Oh, right. That's what the podcast is about. I do have some idea. There's some clarity about it. Okay. Right. Yeah. But it's like, that's like known. And so she had this like, yeah, she had this really intense belief that he should be exiled and wiped out of art history, essentially. And then the people she was in the program with are like, no. And same with Helen Molesworth, the podcast host. She basically says... You know, I was a huge fangirl of Carl Andre. He changed sculpture forever. I like Why? loved his work. I know, personal taste of aside, everything. I never yeah. had any fucks to give about his work. I am sorry. <laughs> no. Maybe I'm not no. smart enough or something, but I'm like, who no. cares? But yeah. so, but basically, yeah. And then she also came around full circle where. She's like, okay, I see that we can kind of compartmentalize people's personal histories because there's so many people in the history of the world that have done bad things. For sure. But have made beautiful art. And so like- Caravaggio killed somebody. Well, that's what I learned in that podcast. Oh, God. But I don't want to defend Carl Andre. (laughs) Carl Andre sucks ass. But then Julia Brian Wilson said that. And then, but then when you read her book, like she's extremely critical of Carl Andre and his- totally taking shots at him for being a fake ass bitch. Yeah, totally. Well, and so this is totally apropos and I don't know that we'll keep this in Kate, but Liz (laughs) and I were talking about this this morning. So I do a rescue mediumship circle once a month with Amy Major, who's the person I've been studying with. And so basically what you do is talk about any spirits that haven't crossed over into the light that may be hanging around because if you're a medium, you're going to attract spirits like that who are looking for help. Um, So that's what the group is about just for context. So anyway, and I have had this kind of spirit entity around me for a while. And a couple of weeks ago in my other class, we all linked into him and found out more information about him and why is he still around me? And so Amy was like, well, why don't we check in with him again this morning and find out more about why this entity, because your guides like have to let spirits be around you. It's got spirit guides and a spirit team that are essentially there to help you learn whatever lesson your soul came to learn. And they wouldn't let anything be around you that isn't going to help you. Okay. Um, and so she's like, you know, this, even ent- if it doesn't feel like help, in even if it doesn't now. feel like help. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that so true of so many types of help. Right. You know, yeah. yeah. Something that is teaching you a lesson, maybe help is like a strong word, but so basically what we found out was that one of the reasons this entity was kind of hanging around, which 
that's a whole what that entity was i'm not even going to go into because it's like too out there but it's really whoa. trippy it's really trippy whoa. but basically we had a past life connection that we've had multiple lives where we've tried to resolve some issues but the the root of the reason he's sticking around is because in a past life i was a poet someone had accused me of stealing ideas from another poet and we were all like totally broke it was she said i was somewhere in scandinavia and okay. everyone was like hungry and starving and that to protect my name in that time from being diminished by you know being labeled a cheat or whatever i ended up killing that person holy shit and I was a gay man, so I had a lover, and this entity was my lover in that lifetime. You killed your lover? Well, so hold on. So no, I killed the guy who was accusing me. Oh, okay. And then my lover knew that I had killed him, so I killed him too. Oh my goodness. I know. And I found I that out this morning. I know. Exactly. I was like, what? And so... It's interesting that we started talking about Carl Andre because I guess there's a Scandinavian poet who then went on to do really well in his lifetime, like in the late 1600s, early 1700s, because I guess I ended up doing really well after that because it never came out. You know who the person is? I don't, but I, w I want someone who studies that to find out, like, who was that guy? Because apparently he was a murderer, just like Carl Andre. <laughs> And don't so. you want to read his poetry? Well, that's what I, I do. was going to say. With like scandal aside. Right. Like, know, what, like was what were your poems like in your past life? I and know. How would that inform your artwork now? Yeah. Totally. I mean, I would not mind. And I mean this sincerely. Like yeah. some past quick, life quick poetry. sketch in response to your past life poems written by. You yeah. Know, okay. This is an assignment you. that I will take on. Wow. So it's okay, wild shit. I need all this. I need all and this. And that, that all happened before like 10 a.m. this morning. So I'm like, today has been wild. <laughs> can you talk to your dead relatives? Yeah, you can. Have you done that? Um, you know, I haven't too much. Like I do a meditation. Yeah, like I, I do. And, you know, your spirit team is usually made up of your relatives they come oh. in and give you guidance. And so I'll know when certain people are kind of like behind certain things or like if something happens, I'll kind of sense that it's my dad or, um, wow. but it's been more clear about who it is when I've done readings for other people. Okay. I'm working on a research project right now that has in part to do with my grandma oh, who cool. died when I was like six or seven. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. And I would love to get in touch with her. She's oh. on my mom's side. Oh, She's she is. from my Portuguese side of my oh. family. Yeah. And That's so, right. yeah, she had a very tragic life and she grew up in San Jose. Oh, very and gnarly life. Is that why are you, how did you pick her to be your research subject? Well, I started, I wanted to do stuff to do with Portugal. I was in Portugal for a residency over the summer and I was doing this project where I was searching for lesbians. And then I also have family yeah. from Portugal. And, you know, I was thinking about all this, this connection to Portugal. And then that great, great grandpa came over and then 
they settled over here in, in San Jose and then all this gnarly shit happened. They were apricot farmers. Whoa. Oh, cool. Yeah, and then they lost the farm and my grandma was abused by basically their landlord for mm. years and years. And so my mom oh. came out to like we hung out in Portugal and she just drank a ton of wine and told me all this really intense history about my grandma that mm. I hadn't really known. Wow. And so she was abused by this guy for years and years. And then the guy, his family was at my parents' wedding. Like really? they were really close family friends Ugh, forever. God. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's gnarly. And then, you know, and so that was a secret. And then she had a mental breakdown and ended up being institutionalized for the last decades of her life. And um, well, yeah, understandable. She's being gaslighted and abused for oh, decades yeah. it's or like whatever. Super. But it, yeah. But I feel like also the institutionalization back then, right. we, we have one institutionalized family member from back in the day who was potentially not well, but more like shunted to the side because nobody wanted her to be living in public. I yeah. see. They like didn't want to deal with her anymore. Like it wasn't like a rehab situation. It was just like mm. go away forever into this like, you know, place where nobody has to talk about you. Well, again. and they're, yeah, like they would put. Yeah, I think it was just doctors. All kinds just of doctors different people. not wanting to listen to women and their trauma. and Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, and she tried to commit suicide. It's a really intense, mm. the whole situation. Oh, wow. And so, so yeah. And so I found the guy, the fucking rapist. Oh, wow. You found like in real life? <laughs> I found all his information. No, he's dead. I found all the information about his. This is where my fixation and creepy tendencies <laughs> obsessive yeah really came in clutch but I found the dude's grave and so I've been oh wow went, yeah and my I was just gonna my, ask what are your what's your astrological signs like are you do you have Scorpio I have a Scorpio rising okay that Revenge. might explain Revenge and the drilling down into deep research is very Scorpio yes and also Scorpio is my south node. Oh, oh, interesting. So you kind of are supposed to move away from that. <laughs> exactly. I'm supposed okay. to be moving towards Taurus, towards like, oh. you know, less secrecy, more groundedness. And more body. Less vengeance. Exactly. And so, but I'm not doing well with that. Does he have descendants who... He does, but I'm not sure. He had a daughter, and that's the crazy thing is that his daughter was a great, like, lifelong friend of my grandma. Oh. And I found out all that's about tough. her, but I'm not sure where she is or if she's alive. Okay, mm -hmm. but anyhow, so I found this dude's grave, and I have been pouring piss on his grave. Oh, you really? <laughs> Sarah, what's your feedback? I'm not going to. When you were in Portugal? Where it is. No, no, oh. it's here. It's here. Because oh. these are all San Jose people. So I just go down to San Jose. I live in Oakland for the listeners who are. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Is oh, that illegal? Wild. Let's just say I'm doing it conceptually. Totally. For, for right. legal purposes. Yeah. Well, just be careful if he's like going to hang out around you. He might get angry, his ghost. Well, how can I? Yeah, I'd be happy to do all this through some kind of astral plane. Okay, yeah, let's let's discuss um how to take revenge on the dead. The dead. 
or heal your ancestral trauma? Because you've probably inherited some of that trauma just for sure. There's all kinds of weirdo shit. I think that spawned from that situation. Yeah. Wow. That's so heavy. Oh no. Um, Did I bring the vibe down? No, the vibe is not down, but I think like the times where I have on like, I'm going to get out my Ouija board and I'm going to conjure. I scare the shit out of Sarah. Oh shit. (laughs) Yeah. No Ouija freaking born. Oh wow. And I do wonder not to make you sound like a flower, but is it scary <laughs> with the idea of what a spirit could do who is being pissed on? Not that he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> well, so if he is earthbound, he would be probably pretty upset and come and like fuck with you a little bit. Okay. And try to show you not to do that. And it, if he's crossed over, he may have a greater understanding as to why you would be doing that, but not okay. love it. Sure enough. You know? Because the other thing I and would he's say. He's not meant to love it. I mean, he, yeah, I mean no, I'm he's kind of like down to the clown with this dude. Yeah, yeah. He, may, he may fuck around with you, I guess. But then wouldn't he kind of. I have to pee. So I feel like my oh, yeah. clarity is not Perfect where it timing. needs to be to talk about this. So oh, okay. hold that thought. Feel free okay. to discuss. I'll be right back. Well, okay. How, how do you, I mean, are you just supposed to be a healed next level person with thinking about everybody who's dead? Like that's insane. You know, oh, there, yeah. was, there was like a serial predator in my family who literally just like raped his way through generations of wow. literally like three generations. Wow. And people covered it up and it was kind of a nightmare. And then he died and finally, finally, he was sort of disowned when finally the last generation of abusees, which was my generation, not Uh me, but Uh cousins of mine basically were like, hey, everybody, this has been happening. And wow, the past generations were like, oh, my God, me too, me too. You know, it was a real like me too moment in the family. Uh Um, But I would not mind throwing some piss on his grave. Like, are you? How how do we fuck with somebody who's dead and express displeasure? Because I just don't want to feel manipulated into being nicer than I am by thinking they're going to haunt me, you know? Yeah. And I think the thing for me was not just that I was trying to say fuck you to this guy, even though I do totally say fuck you to this guy. But yeah. also that like my mom had told me that my grandpa always said that he wished he could find the grave or if he could he would go piss on it himself yeah (laughs) my grandpa Sarah (laughs) grandpa would piss on his grave is that what you're saying yeah that he wanted to that he always told my mom that because my grandpa didn't know about any of this until until my grandma had tried to commit suicide which was when she was I think in her 50s or 60s you know so they had been married for decades and decades and she had never told anybody about this until she had her mental health crisis. And so, you know, and so once he knew about that and knew that the guy was at their wedding and had, you know, and had been part of their lives forever, he was really devastated, obviously. So I feel like it's not just against the guy, it's also for my grandpa that I feel like I need to be desecrating. Does she have like wavy hair? My grandma? Yeah. Yeah, she's like pretty like Portuguese looking. Like... And did she, did she grow old? Like 
she, I think she was, I don't know. I think she was in her seventies when she died. Did she ever have like long gray wavy hair? I don't know. I don't think so. I I mean, I only met her once when I was five. We went, you know, because I grew up in Ohio. So we came back to Mm. to visit our family in California. And, you know, by then she was already like pretty out of it. She Mm. had dementia and she had like the place she was in had pulled all her teeth. Oh, my God. And all this stuff. Come on, people. I think, yeah, my mom thought it was them trying to get as much money out of her by doing needless procedures. She also had a double mastectomy. It's Narnar. Well, the message that I'm getting about this is you can do whatever you want as far as your own retribution and, you know, whatever you want. I I don't think there will be any kind of reaction from him in spirit form, but that you doing that is kind of hurting you more than it is anyone else, you know, like, okay. It's kind of like chipping away at your own heart chakra. Um, okay. And so it, I have no idea. It's like the whole thing with forgiveness as you do it for you, not them kind of thing. And, and so yeah. really it's like putting blades into your own heart when you do that. And, and so for your own sake, let it go and just, you know, get them out of your, just be like, ugh, you know, like, yeah. Good riddance. Can I just do it a couple more times? Because I am videoing it for an art project. You can do it as many times as you want. But yeah, just okay. know that it's probably hurting you more than it's hurting anyone else. Okay. Sure enough. But, sure enough. You know, I mean, have, have fun especially considering, you know, I, that everybody's dead. So, Like maybe. I don't know. Yeah, go off, Liz. I mean, maybe I'm just in a dark place but like I feel so manipulated if you can't talk shit or do shit to the dead it feels because they have more secret powers to kind of get in no I mean I know that's a that's a separate issue but if they're gonna come back and make you you know sort of hang around you I guess because you're pestering them they're gonna pester you but also I just like forgiveness is fine I mean you guys, I am in a pretty You're in a low like, place. I'm on the mood struggle lane for days. I am not in a happy place. My brain is not in a happy place. Nothing biochemically is going particularly right for me. So mm-hmm. this might be right informing on. some of that. But like I, I don't think everybody needs to be forgiven. Like I, I think it's totally and I mean that sincerely. Like mm-hmm. I, I think not forgiving is like really wholesome sometimes there's a great book well i haven't read it but i assume that it's great by rabbi danya ruttenberg who i am really into on twitter she just put a book out about forgiveness and how you know that the person who was wrong doesn't owe forgiveness no matter how much the person who did the harm apologizes it's really about kind of our culture of people apologize like celebrities especially and like whoever mm-hmm. like big public figures apologizing and then expecting to just be accepted right back into the fold yeah. immediately and that kind of thing and it has this whole long treatise on on forgiveness and what making amends really means and stuff and sure enough i haven't read it but i will someday Well, I mean, I guess when I say forgiveness, it's kind of more like, so we had Michael Scott Moore who was captured by pirates and he like, did you, did you listen to that episode, Kate? He was a couple episodes ago. I've listened to only women guests. Okay. 
Okay, that's fair. You know, <laughs> you do. I get mm-hmm. it. Michael Scottmore is not woman, but he was captured by pirates for two and a half years. That's hardcore. He lived on this boat for a lot of it. He lived on, you know, various like holes in the wall, crappy dirt floors and stuff like that. And, you know, he was mad the entire time, basically. And then he said the one thing that saved him was hearing this homily from the Pope that talked about giving forgiveness. And he said that released all this heaviness from his day to day because he didn't just spend the entire day angry. And he had some like relief from it. And it's not like the way he described it was really eloquent. He's like, it's not that I'm not going to write about the terrible things they did. I'm not going to not be annoyed by their daily, you know, rudeness or mad that they're giving me bad food, you know, right? or for anyone. It's not that what they did is okay or that you're saying, oh yeah, you should do it again or that you should continue to have an art career like you're Carl Andre. You know, you're you're more just releasing them from your life. Yeah, and not carrying the resentment forever. Yeah. Kind of this idea of like neutralizing and then that yeah. way it's no longer your burden to carry. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's not like you're like, oh, what you did is fine. Let's all be happy now, you know? For um, sure, yeah. Yeah. I've been, I'm a recovering alcoholic and drug addict, and there's definitely a lot in recovery about carrying resentments and stuff like that. There certainly is. I mean, I think there's this fine balance between accountability. No, for sure. I mean, the ninth step is so much, every sponsor I've ever had is like, what's your part? What's your part? What's your part? You know, Mm. no matter what the situation is, it's like, how are you? Yeah. And that can be also taxing. Yeah. And there are some points where I'm like, God damn it. I didn't have, you know, but then your part is just. Yeah. What do they mean by what's your part? Well, sometimes they just mean perseveration on something. Sometimes they just mean feeding it, basically. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they mean, and this is not shorthand for talking about your situation. Can you give an example? Yeah. I mean, so if I have a resentment against my first major boyfriend and he, you know, what did he do? He, you know, basically broke my heart. And then it's, how was he acting? Well, he was motivated by self and he was careless with my beautiful little precious young girl, not that young, but young enough heart. Mm-hmm. And then what, you know, what did I, or like, what's my part in this resentment is that now this is where it's embarrassing, but let's say you take out the letters or you basically do the things that keep you in the cycle of reflaming your hatred. Right. Um, if I say I'm wanting to feel better, date again, recover, but then, you know, every six weeks I take out something that holds his memory and spirit for me and I go down the darkest rabbit hole in the world, yeah. then like my behavior is not backing supporting my words so you're kind of feeding the reason yeah i'm feeding i'm feeding the reason yeah and you're using that almost as a reason not to start dating again even all of this language in the 12 steps it is different for when parents abuse kids Mm. and you know there's not always a part in a traditional way but anyway there's definitely a lot about the 12 steps yeah and i think it's a lot about too that yeah 
as I feel like for me as an alcoholic, my knee jerk is to be like, everyone else is fucked up and I'm great. (laughs) And that going through what's my part in these things that are upsetting me and make me think other people are wrong. It regrounds me in that I'm an imperfect person. I can take responsibility for my half of my issues. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that too. Yeah. Yeah. Also just BT dubs, like the, the, what's your part thing in that example, I just mentioned more accurately might be like, if you ignore every red flag and then keep chasing and right. chasing and chasing and then are like, yes. why did they leave me? I yes. was thinking yeah. that. Cause for me, yeah. that's usually what happens that's is more embarrassing. Yeah. I see all the signs that someone is going to not fulfill my needs in whatever context and still go for it because I want the outcome that I think they're going to give me. And then inevitably, whatever I was being told they were going to do, they do. And then I'm like, so mad at them. But then really, most of the rage is on myself for not listening to me and being more careful with my little heart. And it's a fine balance, though, because I think you can go too far the other way and think that things are much more your fault than they are. And you have to be gentle and loving with yourself. That is a good point. I think at 41, I'm, I know enough <laughs> of the world where I'm like, you should have seen that one coming. You knew it was coming and you went for it anyway. But I agree that they still did the thing. So be gentle with yourself, right? But yes, yeah, I think. 100%. Yeah, that's a good point. Kate, have you turned 40 yet? I feel like you're a forever 30s. <laughs> I am I just turned 37 in August. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, so cute. Sorry. <laughs> you are forever 30s. Yeah, you yeah. are. For so- I don't we'll know see. why. We'll like, see what happens in these next three years. Where are, you, are you guys doing any fun therapy lately? I mean... Yeah, like I was saying, mediumship classes is like 99% about removing any blocks to accessing divine energy because basically everyone can be a medium. You just have to clear out your energy and all your anger and past life trauma and whatever else might be blocking. That is so intense to not just have to address your own trauma, but also the trauma of all the other lifetimes. So, you know, apparently my main problem is a connection to my past life in the 1600s. Like, what the fuck? Like, why is that something? That is really hardcore. But so wait, so these things manifest now in your life now, right? Like, it's not just like, no, it's you're given opportunities to sort of go through the dynamics and you're just like, you know, if you have unresolved dynamics with your family of origin, you will date those dynamics yeah. so you can have opportunities. Totally. Right. To, That's exactly it. You know, either carry it on or resolve it. It's, it's the same thing that people will come in this lifetime who carry the dynamics that you can resolve some of the issues from the past. Okay. Yeah. So that's not, yeah, it's not completely divorced from your life now. I think that too, you don't maybe bring them all in at the same time. Like, you know, if you have a three or four different wounds or whatever, potentially you choose in what, in each lifetime, like, oh, I'm going to deal with X, Y, Z. You know, like in, instead of all of them all at once. And so for me, anything around being an artist is going to come yeah. up, you know, because that's the path that I've chosen. But potentially, you know, you maybe have other lifetimes where you deal with different yeah. traumas to kind of heal yourself mm-hmm. more in that way. Cool. Okay. So that's like a kind of really 
interesting therapeutic totally. system. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But I, I did lots of therapy for about 10 years, like, you know, before and after grad school. What therapy? You're yeah, doing. what therapies are you doing? Oh, yeah. I was asking because I have a new therapist right now after a long, treacherous journey to find a therapist. At- <laughs> Covered by insurance? It's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I was just going through my insurance providers, just calling every the ones that are covered by insurance, and I couldn't get a bite at all. And then one called me back and then I Googled her and I found out she had like a horrible racist scandal where she pretended to be an immigration attorney because these people were speaking Spanish in front of her house and she was threatening to get them deported and that shit. And so I was like, what? Fuck no to that. And so finally I found somebody who's actually this person I'm with now seems pretty cool. Um, But the therapy they do is called internal family systems. Have you heard of this? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, it is really kind of wild. And then I asked, because I also do couples counseling with my girlfriend. Oh, and cool. so I asked, and we have a really cool therapist. And I was like, hey, is this legit or is this like a cult? And she and she yeah. was like, no, nah, it's fine. It's it's whatever. You know, it's all about the relationship. It's not about their philosophy so much and all this stuff. But then I'm doing this therapy and they kind of see everybody as having almost like split personalities. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. And so you're basically breaking down the different parts of yourself. Like, like we were, you know, we were going through this thing and there's a part of me that's a weird little obsessive weirdo. And you kind of visualize that part and you do address Mm -hmm. that part, like Mm -hmm. as if it's almost another person. And then there's a creepy over watcher who's like the shame devil. It's kind of like big mouth. Oh, funny. The Netflix show. Yeah. And then, you know, there's like some people have like a cheerleader or a drill sergeant and all these different things. And you're kind of like trying to reintegrate these things in a healthy way, like turning the drill sergeant into like a positive coach instead yeah. of somebody. Yeah. And so all this stuff. This and is it's amazing. Just, Sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it so far. I There are times where like, I'll bring up something where I'm like, this just is a bad something that's happening to me. That's just a bad experience. You know, I feel like you could say like, oh, I got attacked by a geese at the at the lake the (laughs) other day. And I'm like really upset about it. And then they'll be like, okay, well, it sounds like there's a part of you that in your youth was attacked by geese. Can we tap into that part? And it's like, (laughs) no, it's just a bad experience to have. Like, it's not trauma related. Although um, I have oh read yeah, certain, tell me, no, yeah, tell me I why. mean, tell me why. it sounds ridiculous, but I have read certain theories that everything that happens to you is meant to call up some element of trauma, even if it wasn't like you were attacked by geese. Maybe it was a moment when you felt physically unsafe, sure. and that's a corrective experience where it's less. Bad. Yeah, I'm always forgetting about the cosmic karmic circle. You know, yeah. the spirit world's like, oh yeah, attack her with geese. So did that actually exactly. happen? I forget about that. No, I didn't. I wasn't attacked by geese. Oh, but it, was I, like, I, it was. No, it was something else that probably actually was like. <laughs> it made more sense for them to be like, oh, okay, let's dig into your trauma and figure out why this is so upsetting. But the geese thing is funnier, so. Totally. Was it helpful for you already? You know, because like the experience of being like, oh, my addict self, my addict, you know, you already have like right. 
a part of yourself. Well, yeah, no, that's the thing. I feel like, yeah, it actually was kind of scary. It was like second session where we were kind of digging into this whole having an obsessive part that is really comforted, but like both comforted and deeply ashamed of having these hyper fixations that kind of shut out the world. And then there's this other part that's like the shame, the one who's Mm -hmm. surveilling and instilling and driving the shame. But then like in my visualization of this, there is this black sludge that is surrounding these two. And that if they're not in this dance of doing the shameful thing and being ashamed, then the sludge will come in. And like that was so viscerally scary to me to be working through this with the therapist that I seriously was getting like flooded, getting like a, a visceral busy a lot like my heart was racing and I was like yeah you know you should when you next time you get a visualization do they have you put any light into that at all or like what a healing light yeah you should take those visualizations and imagine putting pure light and love into them okay that sounds great because my guess is there is some kind of like manifested energy around you that is there that you can heal or some wound in, you know, your energetic field where by sending light into it and releasing it, like you could probably do some healing through that and not have to go through like every lesson, you know, in the physical world. Um, Okay, great. Yeah. Like get some energy work done on it. Okay. Fantastic. Skip a step. Yeah. Love to love. I know. Right. How many steps can we skip? Great. My old therapist who retired in 2018, and I have not been in therapy since, and I just, I'm like, who the fuck would be good enough to do therapy with me at this point? I hear you. Yeah, because you are basically therapy level. You can therapize people. Well, it's just, I have so many comorbidities and so much, like, I'm so old. I mean, and I say that all in what? a loving way, but like you need to basically know everything right. to to have the history to be able to yeah. handle my brain. It's really hard to find therapists that can really meet you on every mm-hmm. single level. Or on any level. Yeah. Even just as an artist, I feel like therapists yeah. fetishize you so much when they know you're an artist. And that can be every, I feel like every therapist I've had. I saw the Instagram post you made, maybe for the listeners you can share. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I've had, okay, I did a a bit doing comics for most of the month. And I had this, yep. And this was actually about my current therapist, but I made them a weird old man. And I felt kind of bad for doing it. But basically, I'm telling them this like terrible shit. Like I feel really fucking fucked up and depressed, like a black death ooze is going to engulf me forever. And they're like, wow, that's such a striking visual. Oh, yeah. You have the magical mind of an artist. (laughs) And then and then he asked me to draw it, which my current therapist actually did say, like, maybe it'll help you to draw some of these things. And I felt really like I died inside when they said that. But then I actually did draw them and it actually did make me feel better. Oh, <laughs> shit. I know. I was going to say it actually probably helped. Yeah. But I've had. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, I've had other times where therapists had me draw in front of them. And it was after I'm talking about having like a ton of anxiety yeah. about my art career and being an artist. Oh, that's fucked up. And I'm like, this isn't going to help me. I can describe verbally what I'm feeling. It's not like I'm having trouble <laughs> communicating non-visually. Right. And so, you know, right. and then I'm drawing all this stuff. And then she's like, wow, I can really tell you're an artist. Oh, no. And I'm like, come on, 
man, don't judge them. I'm giving you an A minus on your shading, but like so stressful. Yeah, yeah. I'm not performing so for you. Yeah. Oh, that's but yeah. They think that, that like, they're, they're being helpful, yeah. but it's just so stressful. And being an artist versus being in the art world are like so separate. And so you need a therapist who understands the art world, not just like loves yeah, creativity because exactly. you're yeah. like do you get that this is your profession that comes with all the stress of being a therapist or trying to climb the corporate ladder like it's the same yeah. level of weirdness and ego and you know all that yeah except much lower paid exactly. totally the corporate ladder yeah. <laughs> but, I mean because that is an advantage to the corporate ladder with every rung you crawl up on the head of the person below you you know cha-ching exactly the comfort yeah you get a little like an extra zero to your yeah. name you usually get a little boost a little economic mm, boost delicious. you can go on like some vacations yeah. to places <laughs> get a more expensive therapist but that sounds tough Liz. like having someone who can understand being an artist being a mom anyhow 100 percent therapy is hard to get. So wait, what is the name of the therapy that you're doing again? It's called Internal Family Systems. And there's a book that I think is by the guy who started it. That's called No Bad Parts. (laughs) If anybody wants to check that out, the foreword is by Alanis Morissette. But I got to say, I listened to the audio version of it. And, and the guy goes off on some tangents that I feel, I don't know, maybe you guys would be into it because he's talking about healing the world not Mm -hmm. just the individual that he feels like if we could incorporate these principles from this therapy into our greater society that we would be able to address global warming and we wouldn't have like mass incarceration and all this stuff. I want to feel better. Yeah. But I'm reading it trying to be like, okay, dude, fix my shit, brother. Yeah. You're like, sure, sure, sure. But yeah. What about me? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Which seems pretty antithetical to what he's talking about but still I'm there you know I've been reading a lot of like self-help and stuff lately yeah what are your favorite self-help books honestly I read this relationship book called the Mm. science of trust by Dr. John Gottman do you guys know this no that one also had some parts you might want to skip through but it's a I think it's a really great relationship book he's the guy who did have you ever heard of like masters and disasters mm. like there's some people in relationships who are relationship <laughs> masters and some who are relationship disasters that's not loaded <laughs> oh sad he talks about yeah but the thing is anybody yeah. can turn it around I know. <laughs> yeah but it's not an inherent thing. You can learn to have okay. better practices. I was like, I'm really internalizing the second one. He talks about bids for attention. A lot of it seems really like, duh. But I think for me, sometimes it's really hard to empathize. And my brother's 11 and a half years older than me. Mm. So I was kind of like an only child for a lot of my life. And being able to just be kind, mm. compassionate and nurturing to other people is not a natural strength of mine. But I mean, I guess like the most that I know you is from around the Bay Area, our community and like your podcast, but it does seem like you're pretty generous and good natured. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm not inside your head. Thank you. Just date me for 10 years and you'll really find out my true form. Sure. Maybe Katie, we'll have Katie on (laughs) next time and be like, so let's talk about Kate. (laughs) Yeah. Then you'll know the the dark truth. (laughs) Just kidding. It's not that bad, guys. Don't cancel me. 
I think we all have our shadow side and it really depends on what you bring to the table when you're out in the world. And if you choose to not elevate that shadow side, then props to you. That's like 90% of the battle, right? Like even if you're suffering internally, like. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of my issues, my relationship issues are from anxiety, you know? So it is like just a lot of dealing with trying to manage my anxiety, not let it like affect the lives of people close to me and that kind of thing. Oh, it's hard. Anxiety is such a physical, I mean, when you, it really comes and takes its grip, it like really feels like an emergency. Yes. Solve it. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, like you'll do whatever it takes to make it go away. 100%. Yeah, it's hard. Is there some um, people that are dead that can fix this for me? I got all kinds of dead people we can reach out to. I'm I feel like you do. I feel like your grandma is really excited that you're doing that project and Oh hell yeah. That's you know? amazing. Yeah. I got that vibe. I'm surprised by that. Oh really? Why? She was like a very repressed proper person, kind of. Yeah. But you know, and I think anything outside of socially accepted things would freak her out a little bit, mm. especially like me being gay and being an artist and a bohemian freako. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I, my dad came in right when I started doing mediumship and he came into the class through the teacher and basically said, like, if I were. And your dad is, is past, my dad, RIP. I don't know if that was. Yeah. Right on. But yeah, sorry. He didn't just like hang out in my class, but he, he said like, if I weren't dead already, I would have thought this was total black magic, not good. You know, I would have not been in support of what you're doing, but now I'm like, well, of course this is awesome. And you know, that's great. Death really gives people open mind more. Well, yeah. So Um, I think with your grandma, maybe some of that socialization that would have made her less accepting, like you shed some of that when you go to the other side. Maybe yeah, not all of sure. it, but yeah. So she's probably more in support of you than you know. Um, if you have like, when you die, you have dementia or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you not have it after you die? Yeah, not at all. Do you be younger too? Um, I think what happens, because sometimes my dad and my grandma and grandpa, people come through the way that they want you to see them. Uh-huh. So my dad has come in to, you know, visit where he looks like he did when he was in his 20s. So he uh-huh. had like 70s sideburns and like long oh, wow. hair, you know, which is obviously not how I remember him. But I did recognize him because I'd seen the photos. So a lot of times people do come in like when they're younger as if they're yeah. younger because they liked how they looked more than. Cool. As one, as one does, you know, we're not the only people who like being younger. <laughs> Even the dead. Like, I know, it was so sad. Even the dead. <laughs> Looking younger. Like, why can't we get over that as a... When you die, you're like... Wow. Even our soul is vain, you know? <laughs> that is wild. He's trying to lose. Yeah. Oh, God. So I just wanted to go back to Portugal because I spent three oh, right. months there. And uh-huh. I just had a lot of intense feelings being there but I was surprised to hear at the end of your podcast where you talked about it that you didn't enjoy Portugal or you were glad to have left which yeah you know being queer maybe it's a different story but I even just as a single woman in this tiny town with filled with like 
retirees and minors felt very <laughs> odd, oddball. You know, like I did not fit into their social structure there. But yeah, I'd be curious to hear more about your experience. Oh, geez. Well, I I did I liked it there. Okay, here's what happened. All right, this is the deal. I got really into archery during the pandemic. I got like, as I do, I got extremely fixated on archery. I was like, maybe if I really give it my all, I can compete professionally. What? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so anyhow, I was like, look, the only thing standing between me and my new life as a professional archer is not having a backyard. And so we were like, well, we got to move. And so we were looking into all these places where we could find an affordable house. We were really thinking we might move to upstate New York somewhere around Poughkeepsie or something. Yeah. This was 100% because I wanted to do archery. And then we were like, okay, I don't know about all this because the winter and the summer and the whatever. And then we were like, you know what? We can move to Portugal. Wow. And my, you know, my girlfriend, since the pandemic started, she's been able to work remotely. And so yeah. she was kind of like, hey, we can go anywhere. We could maybe finally be able to actually conceive of getting a house somewhere, Yeah, you know, someday. And so um, we were like, well, let's check into Portugal. We straight up were like, we got a fucking tax ID number. Oh. Katie got a consultation with an immigration expert in Portugal. We were balls deep in trying to move to Portugal. Whoa. And I was like, you know what? Like we can't, you know, we had been there once before, but I was like, I'm going to see if I can get a residency there to really spend the time. <laughs> this is a long yeah. story for the dumbest shit. And no. so- I went and I stayed in Porto at a residency for a month in June. And by the end of it, I was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to. Yeah. Porto's pretty small, too, I would say. I mean, every single thing about it. You know what? I'm sorry. That, yeah. It just. Did you spend any time in Lisbon? Yeah. Yeah. I w was there just a tiny bit. And then I had been there before, a, a year before. It's great. Like, Lisbon's great. Porto's great. Portugal is great, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's a completely different place. <laughs> yeah. Well, and maybe say a couple of reasons because I, I, what you said about it kind of <laughs> echoed my own because I did the same thing in 2019. I'm uh -huh. like, I'm overpaying these high rent prices. And, you yep. know, Portugal had the lowest bar to entry in Europe at the time exactly. where you could, you could buy a house for like 150,000 euro and get citizenship essentially. Exactly. And it's super cheap. They're really pandering to rich Americans to come in. Yeah, and like br British too, like the, the plague oh God, of the British yeah. as they say it, yeah. Yeah, I think for me it was, obviously I was in Porto, which is only like the second biggest city there. I was on a mission to find old lesbians and I hardly found any and they didn't have a lot of queer spaces and the queer community just really was not really thriving, it felt yeah. like. I mean... There's a lot of cool stuff happening there. I don't mean to like denigrate the whole place, but you know that and God, yeah. It's just, it's just like small still a very, compared to San Francisco. Yeah, or... the progress there has not been very quick. Like it's still really you know, in the grasp of the Pope. Mm. Oh, the grasp of Catholicism. Exactly. That's a thorny. And the grasp. gender yeah. dynamic the men there are like beyond 
any kind of mansplaining you've ever seen in your life. That's what I was hearing from the single, like straight women I, I was talking to, and many of them were from Brazil, so they like had a yeah. completely different culture they were coming from. Right, and they were like the the dudes here are impossible, impossible to date. Sorry to the Portuguese. Sorry I know I love Portugal. I met some really lovely people, but I had to really <laughs> shift my. Hashtag not all Portuguese. Yeah, there you go. Hashtag not all Portuguese. One really great example was I was sitting at a cafe having breakfast with my friend and the waiter, he had brought us our food and I was using my fork to cut into something. And I was kind of, you know, not the most polite use of my utensils. I was like, I'm going to use my fork. I'm not going to use my knife. And he literally comes over to me grabs my left hand that was sitting idly by, puts it on the knife on the table. Like he puts my hand on top of it. He goes, use your knife. Jesus. And I was like, don't you fucking touch me. And my friend's like, be cool, be cool, be cool. Because <laughs> she could oh see how mad God. I was. And I had already been there for like a couple weeks or a month and a half by then. And so I kind of already got the vibes where it didn't, take me so aback, but I could not believe he touched me and did that. I was like, yeah, that's, that's beyond. So from there, I was just like, okay, this is what we're dealing with. You know, there's a lot of people who choose to leave the Bay area and I'm not talking about you, Sarah, (laughs) but who then feel a little sad that they have left the Bay area. Like it is a hard, no, you can't, yes, it's expensive AF except Sarah, God bless. And there's so many, you know, there was an armed carjacking in front of my house the other day. And you know, that truly is legitimately like my push me over the edge. But yeah, like Liz. when people leave, man, they're like fucking sad. <laughs> like the rest of the world is not as fun. Yeah, there's no gayer place no. to go. It's no. the gayest place. You won't find gayer on this earth. No, and not to, <laughs> and like just queer in all its non heteronormative, all of it. Like, yes, you have your family set up like, uh, you know, Portugal is my ancestral uh, home and I salute it. Yeah, but don't want to live there and must now live in the Bay Area for the rest of my life. That door has closed. I support you. Yeah, the door has closed. And sadly, my professional archery career is also. Do you want me to pull a tarot for you, Kate and Liz? As as a wrap up? Yeah, and me. Yeah. Okay. So do you want it to be focused on anything? I want anything except the (laughs) 10 of swords. Or more like anything in particular that you want me to ask about. Oh, geez. Um, maybe just like, could we just kind of focus on this fall? Yeah. Okay. Keep we it can limit it to We can limit it to that. Oh. What is it? So the nine of pentacles. Oh, okay. Thank God. Thank God. And in this deck, it shows a very fancily dressed person with, you know, jewelry, a headdress and a bird on his shoulder. And the bird is meant to be kind of like an advisor. Okay. And this card is about being like a freelancer. Are you building your freelance business at all? I mean, I'm building it. I don't know, but I do freelancing, yes. Okay. So it's saying, yeah, basically to really focus on that and maybe even get some support with okay, how to really thrive in that role. And I'm writing this down. Like, I'm not sure what your business is, but I think there's a certain amount of possession that comes with it where you know your value, you know your experience, 
Should I increase my rate? Yes. Well, potentially, yeah. And so as a result, you're able to present to your clients in a way that's like, yes, I am worth all the money that you're going to pay me, you know? And so it's it's both like doing it and then also knowing it internally. And then that will translate into more money because you're, you're showing, not telling. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, Liz, you want one? Fantastic. Okay. And anything in particular for you? I want to know how the fluff I'm going to get out of this emotional slump. Great question. Okay. Way to not swear. Keep it PG rating. Oh, interesting. What? Hmm. It's swords, isn't it? No, is well, it the ten of I did swords? pull nine of swords. <gasps> Holy you shit. nine of but, swords? But I put it away because I was like, that is how she's feeling. So we don't need to. Go- wait, you. Hey, wait a minute. You, Your first card was nine of swords. Don't turn your back on the spirit. <laughs> yeah. And so that's why I was like, you know, when I see that, I felt like that was reflective of that is where you're at. Was it upside down at least? I no. literally can't believe. No, you it just was full blown. That. Yeah, I did. Okay. But then I also pulled That's good. judgment and four of cups. Judgment is good. So what I would say, judgment is like, it's like a wake up call. Potentially, this funk that you're in is an old pattern that you're working on healing, and like you don't need to indulge it you do have the choice on whether or not to indulge it and from this it's sounding like there's an energy because usually the four of cups is like a person is coming in or a relationship is coming in and you're deciding whether or not to accept it and in other decks it's more clearly about refusing it in this deck it's a little bit like you're looking at it and you're kind of like, huh, I don't know, like maybe because, you know, the Ace of Cups looks a lot like this where there's like a hand coming out of the cloud, but this cloud isn't white. It's kind of murky. And so it doesn't have that same kind of clear, like light energy around it. So that's why you're kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want this in my life. And so my guess is you do have like some sense of this thing is maybe not a good fit and it's like hello like do the thing that you know you need to do that's usually what I get out of judgment is like snap out of it what do you say to that snap out of it I say (laughs) that's a tough one that's a tough one sorry that was like Deeply tough love. I, I, no, I'm sorry. I mean, and I did bark at it. Yeah. I mean, there's never any way to deal with hardship or emotional pain than like doing something. Like you have to literally snap yourself out of it or else you don't yeah. get out of it. But, you know, it's hard in the moment because you just are like, I yeah. want to sink into the box. Is there no third way? Like kind of like instead of having to fight <laughs> the way, no you kind of dive under it you know, and get to the other side, but without like succumbing to it, you know? Yeah. Like a combo of surrender and going on vacation. You can just ask for like guidance too. I wrote a text to my friend yesterday and I was like, what is my problem? I need to just like have a really 
hot night of sex. I feel like the solutions to this are not intellectual. I need some, you know, I need action, literally. Okay, well, I'll be in touch. I can probably find some connections of sexual healing. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know how, but yeah. I'm going to be on <laughs> Hook the me up. Put your, put your finger into yeah. the wind. Yeah. Big time. And see I totally, I believe okay. in the power Amazing. of sexual healing. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I've noticed that's a theme on your show. Listeners, feel free to tune in to Congratulations yes, Pine Tree. tune in to Congratulations Pine Tree. Congratulationspinetree.com. You can also find me on social media at Kate Rhodes, R-H. And do you have anything coming up? Um, I don't know. I'm doing it. Well, when does this come out? Not really. Just listen to the podcast. Check me out. My Well, but my Instagram is K-A-A-A-A-A-T-E. That's five A's. That's it. Yes. I'm giving a talk at CCA. That's amazing. I don't think that. Uh, your global audience will necessarily be able to make it. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> it won't be multi-dimensional. Virtual. Yeah, exactly. International. It is a global audience. We were looking. There are people from so many different countries. I just want to shout out to our international mm-hmm. listeners, including the person who's in Ukraine. Whoa. I We are wishing wow. you all the love and support. <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting time. to say that. Big time. Big time. And I apologize for our mundane concerns. Maybe they love to have that as a little break. <laughs> totally. There we go. Wait, but hang on. I guys. mean, that is a good snap you right out of it moment, though. I'm like, oh, nothing's that bad. Wait, or Iran. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on a sec. Have you heard from this person in Ukraine? No. Or do you just know their geolocation is in Ukraine? Yeah, we just know based on our analytics. So for all we know, it could be a Russian yeah it could be yeah we'll cut this probably but okay thank you all so much for having me on the show it has been my greatest honor okay okay. well thank you so much kate really appreciate it lovely to have one half of your team on today that's all for this week's episode thanks for side wooing with us we release episodes every other week on thursday you can listen on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast for good karma points. Until we meet again in the woo.